Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the start of something new, a DCOM podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my co-host and fellow teen magician, Kate. And this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to The Slumber Party. And this is Season 3, Episode 10, in which we'll be reviewing the 54th Disney Channel original movie, Now You See It. But before we do that, Kate, how have you been since our last episode? It's been a hot minute. Yeah, sorry to only release one episode in February, guys. Yeah, that, you know, life happens. Um, I hope, I mean, I I feel like all our listeners are super understanding at this point. Um, but yeah, we appreciate everybody kind of hanging in there because we really didn't record much um, in February. Um, just a lot of life stuff. When was the last time we recorded? I think it was the February 5th, I want to say. Yeah, very beginning so. of the month. And we're currently recording at the very end of the month now. Um, and this will not be released until March. Okay. Yeah. So things have been pretty, pretty good. Um, trigger warning, cut loss here. So you can skip ahead a little bit if you, if you want. Um, but after it was very shortly before the last episode that I lost my cat and I'm definitely still grieving that, um, for sure, but I definitely feel better holistically so i think that's a good thing um i also got to go to new york fashion week again uh which was so much fun um i walked in the most shows that i have done in a single fashion week um and that was four i had such a blast um i walked for four really incredible brands really incredible people so Super excited about that and all the uh, advancements that came to my little, I don't even, I don't want to say modeling career because it's not um, a career for me um, by any means, at least right now, but my modeling career for lack of a better word. Um, So that was, that was really great. And then honestly, I'm overwhelmed with school and work, but we're hanging in there. Spring break is not too far away. So we are chugging along, but how about you, Jake? How has life been? Well, life has been <laughs> life. I'm just, you know, I, I it kind of dawned on me today. I only have like two months of school left and I went, whoa, what? <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited for you. Oh my goodness. We say, I say this every podcast, but I am so excited to see your final, like your thesis project and just for everything to wrap up for you. Like so exciting to see what the next steps are going to be for you. Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, I'm still working on that thesis. I showed you back in my last semester. It's just now I'm actually going to go in and like animate it and get voice to it. It's going to be crazy. It's like, I'm going to be making a real little cartoon and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. I cannot wait to see the final results. It's going to be spectacular. I'm already so excited. Yeah, it, it'll be so great. Yes, I'm excited. It's um, you know, two two months and then I'm like done with school for like ever pretty much. Yay, I'm so excited for you. That's so so that's so fantastic. Um anybody who is in school who is listening to our podcast, whether that be um, you know, K twelve or college or 
um, advanced degrees, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, it's, it's worth the hard work. You will get there. And, um, I think we're both a testament to that, but I'm so very excited for you. I can't. And again, I say this every podcast. So at risk of just reiterating my own words over and over and over, I, it is wild to me that like when we started this podcast, you were just going into the school and now you're almost done. Like the fact that this was started at like, not like pretty much peak pandemic times to now just so crazy that it's been three years. So crazy that March, 2020 is pretty much three years ago. Like when everything hit, when everything went bad for that little bit. So it's absolutely crazy, but what a cool thing to honestly, um, I don't get me wrong. I, I, really really wish covid didn't happen for you know for obvious reasons and so many losses that came out of that um but trying to take a positive look and a positive spin on everything that has happened accordingly um i don't know had we not been in like isolation if there would have ever been like the idea for the podcast which is crazy to think about too yeah, definitely. Because like over the course of the po- uh, the course of the podcast, over the course of the pandemic, I started listening to other decom Disney Channel podcasts. You know, like Juan Sarah's podcast, Planet Weird. Uh, there's also Decomedy, um, A to Xenon, Decom Cool and Collective. I was listening to all those, and I'm like, man, this seems like it'd be fun to do. And then I just randomly texted you one day, and I'm like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Do you want to do it with me? And we have done it. We are what? Like this, you said this is number 54 out of the official DCOMs. Yes, 54 out of like 100. I know it's like 110 something. <laughs> so we're almost to the halfway point. And we've thrown in some bonus episodes in there. So mm-hmm. despite not being great for the month of February, I'm very proud of us. Like we are really, we're, we're, really getting through these and i we we talked about this a little bit but after years of talking about this on the podcast we will get to high school musical this year which is yes i yes i did the math um if we go at our uh, two uh episodes a month we will hit high school musical in june so excited i'm so excited for this yeah that would be great it would be great if we could make it work to be together in person for at least one of our probably multiple high school musical episodes like we're gonna need an episode on the inception of high school musical the actual movie and then like the actual legit cultural impact it left on the world yes exactly the gosh the cultural impact so so much like oh my gosh i you know honestly i don't even know like would we be friends would we have both done like theater stuff in high school had it not been for high school musical I mean, we don't know. We do not know. Yeah, I did not know. But yeah, no, that'll be exciting. But, you know, that's um, still in the future. For right now, we have to talk about the past or, well, the present, whatever you want to say. Um, That before we get into the now you see it, though, um, once again, I'm going to put a quick little content warning because we are going to discuss a recent uh, passing but I feel like it's very important to discuss it because we did just discuss um, the decom that this person was in. 
Um, and I did send you this ahead of time, but um, yeah. so yeah, just content warning, a death, a talk of death. But um, while we were gone, unfortunately, it was um, released that uh, Hayden Panettiere's younger brother Jansen um, unfortunately passed away at the age of twenty-eight. So sad. Yes, as you know, um, we saw him in Tiger Cruise with his sister. They didn't play siblings in that movie, but they were both in it. Um, I was just um, scrolling on Twitter the the day of, and I saw this. Um, Well, actually, I found out because Hayden was trending. And I was wondering, oh, I wonder why, because she does have the new Scream movie coming out. So I'm like, oh, maybe for that. And I read it, and I'm like, oh, no. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, um, Jansen... Penetier has passed and you know we wish nothing but um good goodwill and just like um be hopefully being able to be together to Hayden and their parents in this very very awful time yeah absolutely um Jansen was a very talented individual and it's just so sad and it's like I don't know it it being you know 25 and jake you're almost 25 we've said our ages a couple times on the podcast someone who's 28 like it really it really hits home how young that actually is um and it's devastating and i yeah all the prayers good vibes positive thoughts whatever you're into um for that family and all of his loved ones, because that's, it's, it's incredibly sad. Yes. It's very unfortunate, very tragic. We wish nothing but the best to Hayden and her family moving forward. Um, but yeah, I figured, um, uh, it would be, I would feel remorseful if I didn't mention his passing because he was, someone we had just even we had just recently saw his work because we just recently watched tiger cruise but yeah i was just like i should mention because you know this is is sad but it is you know important for us to know you know a, a decom star um is passing but yes we wish nothing but good things for hayden and the family moving forward but all right um i'm gonna say content warning over we are going to move on now to something much later Yes, absolutely. This movie was something else. Yes, for now we shall begin our discussion of And Now You See It, which firstly, Kate, welcome to 2005. We've made it to 2005 already on this journey. Which is crazy. Like, I can't believe because this is the age where they were targeting us uh, as kids. I mean as six, seven, eight-year-olds. Like, this is, this is, like, peak marketing demographic for Disney and the Disney Channel. So, that's weird. Um, but, yeah, 2005, absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, like, this is now, we are actively watching Disney Channel. Some would say this is the beginning of the true golden age, and... I'm just saying that because, you know, that's what we were watching. That being said, though, but actually before we get into our history or maybe lack there of history with this movie, Kate, would you like some background on this movie? I would love some background on this movie. Well, first things first, the biggest trick of all, I would say, this movie doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Which is very strange. Like, I don't 
I think we've only had like one other movie. I cannot remember which one it was. I think there was one more that didn't, but like in all of the decoms we've watched, that is a rare occurrence. Yeah, so we're using the Disney fandom wiki uh, for our as our reference point for this because for some, I wonder because there's also those movies which are titled "Now You See Me." Yeah, yeah, definitely could be like like a nervous, just don't want to mix it up kind of thing. I, I don't know. Right, because those but, were there, there were two of those, and I know they released in theater. So, like, no offense to now you see it, but I'm sure those got a lot more viewers than this did. Right. Yeah. This. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. An interesting film, and not yes. a theatrical release. Also, can we yeah. talk about the fact that Allie from Allie and AJ is in that? Like, what? Yes, so um, let me get into this. So, Now You See It is a Disney Channel original movie. It first premiered on January 14th, 2005. So this is what's their big start of the year decom for 2005. And actually, before we get into the cast, Kate, uh, fun fact, it's um, the return of a director we know. Ooh, what director? Mr. Dwayne Dunham. Okay, sounds real familiar. What did he do? All right, Kate. Here we go. He did Halloween Town, the original. Okay, perfect. Okay, that's enough for me to like him. Yeah, 13th year. Okay. Ready to run? All righty, all righty. Double teamed? Okay, so he has a lot of good work under his belt. I'm impressed. Yeah, um, also right on track. Okay, okay. And then actually... <laughs> Not to go back to the sad news, but he also did direct Tiger Cruise. Well, dang. Man has a lot going on there. I love it. Yes, but unfortunately, Kate, this is where we will say goodbye to Mr. Dwayne Dunham because this was the last decom he directed. Ooh, no. That's so sad. That's cute. Okay. Well, goodbye, friend. It's been a good run. It really has. He's made some pretty good decoms. Yeah. Dude's a legend, that's for sure. Like, you know, we talk about Stu all the time, but you know, I think I think Mr. Dwayne Dunham deserves some recognition too. Yes, we absolutely love Stu. But yeah, he definitely there's there are some like hidden forces in the um in Disney in general, but also especially in like decoms that they pop out of, out of. I don't want to say nowhere, but like you didn't know they existed, and then bam, they're they're here, and they create such amazing, talented work um, behind the scenes. So, anyway, props to him. He has done these decoms have been really good, really good track record. So it's kind of sad to see the last of of his work. Definitely, but yes, um, Mr. Dwayne Dunham, we thank you for your for your contributions to the DCOM canon, and we've thoroughly enjoyed many of your films. Absolutely, 100%. Yes, but yes, getting into the cast, yes, we have the one, the only, Allison Mishaka, more known as Allie, of Allie and AJ fame, as our lead character, Allison Miller. <laughs> 
I know I like how they use the same name, but the spelling of it when it's written out is literally just like an extra L. Yeah. But yeah, as you pointed out, this is Allie of Allie and AJ fame, you know, big, big Disney Channel presence. And even now, still, they're still boring doing stuff. Um, where were y'all? Where were y'all when the explicit version of Potential Breakup song dropped? I was literally going to say that. Like, the explicit version of Potential Breakup song, when that came out, like, about a couple years ago. Oh, my gosh. that I mean, it's still such a jam. But it just, oh, it took all that, all the feelings of when you were a kid and all the rage. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, so Yes. Good. It was so exciting. But, yes. Um... Um, for also for those of you who don't know, Ali also played the role of Keely on Phil of the Future. So you know she was already getting that Disney Channel money when she was asked to do this. So does AJ just come into the picture later, or did they I, had they formed Ali and AJ at this point as far as like a musical duo? Because honestly, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Let me look. Allie and AJ. Pop, pop duo, yes. Uh, I mean, the ultimate pop duo, clearly. <laughs> let me see. When did they release their first album? <laughs> Let's find that out. Uh, okay, so their debut studio album. <gasps> it released the, 2005, just in August. Oh my gosh, so... They were really like, they were involved with Disney at this point. At this point, Disney's like, because I assume I think the their original record released under Disney or whoever Disney's label affiliate was at the time. Um, but I feel like the executives in the back room were like, "Hee hee hee, we have big things planned." But so we're gonna throw out some promo, and then you'll find out just a few months. Um, why she's starring in all this stuff. That's cool, though. That's really cool that this was pre-Ally and AJ, but, like, not really. The album was probably being recorded. Probably, yeah. And not to not to spoil anything, but we do get an Ally and AJ song in this movie. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, uh, love Ally and AJ. I can't say I was ever, like, the most massive fan, but I also, everything I did hear by them when I was a kid, Absolute banger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's our lead, really. And then we have Johnny Picard as Danny Sinclair. Yes, this was a... This, the, he is like that man. He's the male lead, but I have to say for most of the movie, he's pretty... I didn't find him very likable. No, not really. And we'll get into it more as we go on. But yeah, he's not... He's not very likable in most of the in most of this movie, but like he is theoretically oh, no. the male lead. And we'll get into this more in a bit. Um, but I'm gonna derail it a little bit because the other day I rewatched the first part of Starstruck and not as unlikable as that main character. Like I, I'm <laughs> like, what is the writing here? She has no redeeming value, but anyway. Yeah, I feel like other than High School Musical, I feel like Starstruck's like another big one we're just waiting to get to. I absolutely love Starstruck, but whatever the name of the main character is in that movie. I know it's played by, by oh, oh gosh, what is her name? She dated Louis Tomlinson for a bit, I think. Oh, Danielle something, I think. Whatever. Any, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for whoever stars in that, in that film. 
And I think she's a good actress. I think this was a more or less a writing problem with that film because it's a great film. I loved it. And maybe that's because, like, I spent part of my life in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where the main character's from. But there are problems with her as a main character. But alas, that is not the movie we are doing today. So <laughs> we'll continue with this one for now. Yes, definitely. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's Danny. We have Frank Langella as Mystic Max, who Frank Langella is like an actual like um, award-winning actor, and he's just in here playing Mystic Max, and I'm like, oh yeah, because he um, yeah, he was uh, he won a Tony for Best Actor in a play for his performance as Richard Nixon. And then later on, he was in the movie Frost Nixon, and he was nominated for Academy Award for Best Actor for that. So yeah, Frost slash Nixon was the play that was adapted into the movie, and he played Nixon in both, and he won a Tony for it and was nominated for the the movie version. Well, dang. So he's like a... He's doing the real big stuff. Yeah. I kind of noticed, like, for some reason, like, Disney will always get, like, one big name actual actor in these things for something. Like, they had Debbie Reynolds in the Halloween Town movies. They have, um, uh, they had, um, well, Whitney Houston, of course, had some involvement in the Cheetah Girls. She didn't star in it, but she had some involvement. But, like, Disney will just pull some big names out of nowhere and be like, hey, do you want to be in this little movie? Yeah, I wonder if it's just like a. There's, there's got to be a strategy there, but it's I, that is super interesting to think about because they, you, you wouldn't think that Disney Channel should be able to get these kind of names, right? But they do, and it's like okay, okay, I'm not mad about it. Me neither. Um, I think next listed is. Dramacio Giles is Ron. Is that the is that like Max's little assistant at the end? Uh, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. I really honestly didn't pay enough attention to the cast because I assumed there'd be a wiki on it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have Brandon Hill as Cedric, who's the cameraman. Yes, which he was cool. Yeah, we have Chris Olivero as Hunter. He's like uh, Al- Allison's rival in all this. Yep. Who, fun fact, we actually saw him before in another Dwayne Dunham project. He was in Double Teamed. He was that boy that one of the girls had a crush on. Really? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's fun. Uh, we have Amanda Shaw as Zoe Cunningham, who's one of the magicians. Oh yeah. Yeah, she just is a little interspersed throughout the movie. It's kind of cute. Yeah. And then we have Gabriel... Sunday as Brandon, who is the other magician in the competition. Who is very, well, he's, who's a little bit salty at times, although it's more like his friend, I guess that's more salty, but alas. Yeah. Also I messed up Ron, I think is the mentor for Allison. Cause then we have Spike Spencer as Paul and that's the little minion at the end. Makes enough sense. All right. All right. Yeah, but all right, that's our cast. So, Kate, did you have any history with this movie? Um, I did not. I feel like I'd heard of it. It's possible I'd seen commercials, but I had never seen it, at least to my memory. Although it did sound familiar. How about you? 
I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think I'd heard of it, but never saw it. And that shows you just how, like, this was 2005, all right, because we at least heard of this movie, though we never right. saw it. Right. Because with some of the other years, it's like, I never heard of this, nor did I ever see it. But now it's like, nope, nope, I'm sure I saw a commercial for it, at least, because I was actively watching the Disney Channel at this time. So I at least saw the commercial, even if I never saw the movie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but all right, with all that out of the way, then I guess, shall we uh, get into this plot? Let's dive in. So we begin with what you said was probably the biggest weak point of this movie, and that's how it's narratively structured. Yes. Okay. I. It can be done well, but generally speaking, I'm not a big fan of the I'm going to talk to a camera. Kind of like an interview, kind of like a vlog, more like a vlog, like it's my bestie, but also like that we're going to move away from that into the movie as if you're telling she's telling the story. It's just interspersed. Not my favorite uh, framing of a of a movie, especially in decoms. I just always feel like it comes off as super cheesy. And that's how this movie starts out. Ali's character, Allison. Um, is telling the story of how she met Danny Sinclair and what happened yes. subsequently. Because she, the Wikipedia says this is a movie about what happens when a reality TV show see, captures footage of something it shouldn't. But I want to propose that this movie is about something else. This movie is about a woman being gaslit a lot. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's a lot of gaslighting in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, we are in, I guess, Allison's bedroom, dorm room, apartment. It's never explained, but she's wearing a Harvard t-shirt. So, like, at first I thought maybe she's college age. I thought maybe she, like, had gotten into Harvard because... It's kind of set up from the beginning that she's a bit of a brainiac and uh, the room definitely did not look like a dorm. Okay, fair enough. But yes, she explains that ever since that one night, Danny Sinclair has been a mystery, but she knows the truth about him and she's going to tell us. So she explains, this is also why I thought she was maybe college age, because she explains she got a job at like a TV station. Right, but then they're like they're kid producers. It's very weird. Like the whole setup for this movie. Like I like this movie, so I'm not gonna crap on it too much by any means. But I was not a fan of the setup of this movie. I felt like it wasn't very strong. I was like, in what yeah, I guess there's programs like this, but like in what world? You know? She's like yeah, they have they just it, it just seemed a little outlandish, but anyway. Yeah, because she goes to this meeting at this television station where the woman uh, talking to them goes, this is going to be the very first television show produced entirely by kids. And I go, what? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Like, yeah, I was not a big fan of the framing of this movie in any capacity and the the plot. So it, it felt like that was thrown in place. Um to just make the story, the rest of the story work. And 
I'm not a big fan of that. Um, it's so funny. And Jake, as someone who works in like digital art, you'll appreciate this and you may have even read this. I don't know. Um, but I just read it, finished reading Creativity Inc., which is by Ed Catmull, who used to be president of Pixar and Disney. I believe he's retired now, I think. Um, could be wrong. Don't quote me. But he talks about how at Pixar, like developing their there's so much effort into developing these stories and i feel like it, they have successfully avoided these kind of crappy we're throwing this in just to make the plot work thing because it's distracting it's so distracting and unfortunately for me sorry for this huge rant but it's going to dock probably a point from my score at the end for the movie as a whole. Cause there's so many good things going on in this movie. Just set up the framing better. But anyway. Yeah. Cause what we learn is that the show that's being entirely produced by kids is who is basically a, is a reality competition show called who's the best kid magician. So basically what we learn is that each of the producers is going to be signed a region of the country. They're going to go out with a team that's them, a kid cameraman, which that's some heavy equipment. You're letting letting children use it. Yes. Um, It's, again, not the finest setup for a movie, in my opinion. Um, But alas, they make the plot work, so... um, Allison goes all over the country with her assigned cameraman and adult mentor, and they're looking for magicians. But first, we find them to introduce us to them. We're in this like meeting of these kid producers and I assume the camera people and whatnot, too. And they explain that how they narrowed it down, who could was eligible for this show that they're doing was they put out this ad everywhere that had this riddle encoded in it and you had to solve the riddle in order to advance in the competition and if you solved the riddle which was embodied in like a piece of art um, it would bring you to a website and you could register and of course pretty much they ask out of curiosity who would have gotten the riddle in this room and and nobody gets it and riddle's not the best word it's more like a puzzle i guess it's a better word that they would use in the film um but allison is like oh i got it it's simple and explains with everyone and everyone's like yeah absolutely not yeah we get explained here that allison's a bit of a know-it-all she's like you know it's not my fault that when people have questions i have answers it's just i tried liking shopping and texting and lip gloss, but you know, I'm just, I'm just not like the other girls. And yeah, so she has her, I'm not like the other girls moment. And then we go to that scene where they're going across the country, looking at these magicians, apparently a hundred were eligible and all of hers suck. Yes. But before that, we also meet the one, the only mystic max. Ah, uh, this is true. Cause he is, running this competition pretty much he's the host he's like the sole judge apparently too but he's apparently at this world-renowned magician he's famous for his illusions and tricks and everything and yeah he's the one who asks about did any of you get the riddle and yeah that's how we get Allie's 
Um, I'm not like the other girl's speech. But yeah, so remember Mystic Max, everyone. He's going to be very important going forward. Yes, he will be a main character. But he doesn't have that main character energy yet. Not yet. Yes, but now we see Allison and her crew go across this region of the United States. And yeah, pretty much everyone she auditions is not great. None of them can actually do tricks, apparently. Yeah, so she's she feels like she's out of luck. But she has one person left. One person. She- and Kate, who is that one person? That person would be our absolute favorite, Danny Sinclair. Which, it's also explained that um, apparently only the producers who find the three finalists get to actually be on the show. So apparently the show is going to start off already with the finalists, which I just think is weird. Yeah, like how how do they narrow? I mean, it's revealed that they have they narrowed down. They've watched the videos of these auditions. But yeah, I still, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of strange too, but again, it felt like a rushed plot point to make the bigger plot points work, which again, not a fan of, but alas. Yeah. So we arrive at Danny's house. We meet Danny's parents and I just want to say Danny's parents act really weird. Oh yeah. They, they do. They're like, he's been waiting for this for so long. He's so excited. And, um, Allie and the, her adult mentor are like, great. And, they're like, you want to come in? And the, yeah, they're, it, there's like an awkward moment between them. And then for whatever reason, Danny isn't doesn't come down to greet them, which I think is really strange. Yeah, he's just like sitting in the window watching. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, that so feels go, weird. But yeah, so anyway. they go up to Danny's room. Yeah, they go up to Danny's room and he has a balloon because apparently that's part of his trick. And he explains that the trick he's going to do is that he's going to pop this balloon, and when the balloon pops, doves will fly out. Yeah. Which is like, what? Um, But he uh, pops the balloon, and what happens, Jake? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. And so they, he, he's like, wait, 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 let me try it again. I got this. I got this. And you're like, okay. And he tries again. And what happens, Jake? Still nothing. Yeah. So that's, that's what was going on there. Um, he, things do not seem to be going too well for him. He tries over and over to get this trick. It does not go well. Eventually, Allie and her adult mentor and the camera guy are like, we, we can't buy dude. Like it's just not going to happen. And so they get out to their minivan. I think it is um, some kind of car. And then something magical happens. Yes. They open the trunk of the car and out of nowhere, a bunch of doves fly out. So here we are. They are impressed. They're like, how did this kid get all the doves in here? He really caught our attention. We got to get him on the show. So they bring the footage back to this. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, but Allison notes that instead of looking happy, Danny looked fearful. He did. And so alas, they bring the notes back to the studio. 
and um, and Max is reviewing the entries, and and um, Allie gets accused of cheating by oh god, who's her competitor? I think it's Hunter. Yeah, Hunter. Um, she gets accused of cheating, and she's like, I didn't cheat. So Max is like, so what? Asks the adult mentor. So do you think this is the real deal? And he's like. Yeah, it seems like it to me. So they let him into the competition. And then we smash cut to a trolley car where apparently yeah. all the producers, camera people, and the magicians are traveling in. Which is like, what? Um, yeah. I... Uh, and like they're for, uh, do they get picked up at the airport or something? Like, uh, okay. And then they bring them to this mansion. Right. Which, but in the trolley car. Oh, there was the trick in the trolley car. You're right. You're right. So yeah, there's. Oh, you can explain it. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we're both trying to explain it. It's okay. But yeah, um, in there, um, Brandon, who is the magician that Hunter found, tells Allison, pick a card. That old trick. And she does, and then Danny goes, here, let, try this instead. And then suddenly he does a trick, and all the cards fly everywhere. But then um, when Brandon turns around, the card that Allison picked is, like, stuck to the window on the outside of the trolley car. Yes. And so the the kid that the trick was aimed at is like, oh, that's that's weird. But whatever. We get... we. There's, it's just more like foreshadowing of what's to come. Yes. And now we arrive at the haunted mansion. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it gave me big haunted mansion vibes, not going to lie. It really does. It really does. And an interesting place to film a reality show, too. Well, actually, speaking of filming, it's actually kind of natural that this building gives off Haunted Mansion riots because, Kate, this movie was filmed in New Orleans. Oh, was it really? I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, uh, in Disneyland, the Haunted Mansion is in New Orleans Square, so it's based off more of that kind of architecture than the one in Florida. So it's like, oh, that's why I'm getting Haunted Mansion vibes from this place, because it's that Louisiana architecture. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. And it seems like a Seems like a good place to film it, honestly. Yes. So they all arrive and are met with Max, who informs them that this is the magic castle or the mystic castle, the mystic manor, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. Whatever it's called. And he basically explains that for years, this has been a haven for magicians to come hone their craft and that it was once owned by his mentor, uh, DeMilo until he passed them, fortunately, but now he's in charge of it. He says, this will be your home for the rest of the competition. And, you know, we already have our three finalists. And I'm like, wait, you're starting the show with only three people. Yeah. It, it it's like that, that was confusing to me too. It's like, aren't we going to whatever, whatever. I, I thought they're, and there's also the other thing I remember them, and I know they explain this premise of three people in the beginning, so it's not like a plot hole by any means, but there seemed like there was way more people than that on the bus. And I get that that can be crew, but still, I don't know. 
it gave a different vibe. Yeah, it did. But anyway, he tells them, he, he kind of, he pulls an Oprah and he's like, look under your seats and all their room keys are there, except he personally makes Danny's appear out of thin air. So it's already a first sign that he seems to have a very special interest in Danny. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's something that, another thing that was like, oh, oh. Okay, like there's there's some sort of there's some foreshadowing going on here. Yes. So everyone's going to their rooms and Allison's talking to Danny and she's like, so for this next whole week, you and me, we're going to be glued to the hip. I'm going to learn everything about you. And he just starts being all angsty at her. Yeah, which is weird. He's like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. Just stay out of my way. Because no matter how much you poke and prod, I'm not going to tell you anything. And he like slams his room door in her face. And I'm like, well, he seems nice. Right. Which, yeah. Hate to tell you this audience. That's kind of how he acts for most of this movie. Yeah. So he's not the nicest person. Yeah, but but anyway, but again, a little bit more redeemable than Starstruck, but alas. Yes, but now this is the next day and the first challenge is to be administered. And the first challenge is to make a trick using only five items, a basketball, a broom, a fish tank, a sheet and like, I think it's a rope. Yes, it was a rope. And so um, uh, Allie's or Allison is like uh, to Danny, like, you're going to practice as soon as I get these instructions. And he's like, yeah, I can't focus with you right next to me. And is just being all rude again. Yeah. He's just, he's just being angsty and like what, whatever and brushing her off. And it's like, Oh, that's not great. So now it's time for the competition. And I think while this competition is happening, we get the, this is where we get the inkling of the, uh, uh, I almost said Austin and Allie, wrong thing, Allie and AJ song. Yeah. So that, that's playing. Yeah, it's um actually, it's a, a cover of the song, Do You Believe in Magic, which I know is an older song, but um, Allie and AJ did a cover cover specifically for this movie so that's that's fun to hear right yeah and the girl magician does her trick no problem she just makes her uh basketball levitate get that old trick and then uh brandon's up next no brandon's not up next danny's up next because allison's like so what are you doing he goes i don't know she's like great yeah so um he goes up there and he basically throws the blanket over the stuff and is like i'm gonna make this stuff disappear but it doesn't disappear no because when he pulls the sheet away um basically the broom is sitting upright straight upright in the fish tank and the rope is attached to the basketball to basically make it like a tether ball but all of a sudden, there's something else in his act because there's now snow in the fish tank. Yes. 
And so um, he gets called out by his competition for using an extra item that they weren't permitted to use. Yes, so um, because of that, uh, Max gives him a lower score than the magician before him because he did technically break the rules, even though we can tell by Danny's reaction, he didn't mean to make snow appear. It's another thing where it's like, it seems like even he's surprised by what his trick has done. Yes. Um, and so, um, they give him like a, I think like a three for the trick Max does. Because they're like, well, you used an extra object. Um, and then it's the last the last competitor's turn to go. Yes, Brandon. This is Hunter's magician. He says, for this trick, uh, may I ask for the use of an assistant? And Max is like, well, Danny's still on stage. Just used him. To which Danny, being a little sass master, goes, oh, are you sure we can do that? Do I not count as an extra item? Yeah, so he is pretty upset, and um, Brandon wants him to hold up this, uh, this blanket in front of him, and he does so. Um, but then, what happens before he can even explain his trick, Jake? Yeah, so Brandon's explaining his trick, but before he can even say what it is, it goes quiet. Never goes, what? He is gone, only to reappear on the spinning wheel. Yes, Danny drops the blanket. Um, Brandon is gone. Yes, he reappears on one of those spinning wheels that... <laughs> this is going to sound so morbid, but it just reminds me of Halloween Horror Nights in the Icon's house with the Lady Luck section. <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. God, I love Horror Nights. I miss Horror Nights. Ah, Yes. Uh, I want to go back to Horror Nights now, but yes, such good times. Yes, so everyone's like amazed because they think like that was part of the trick. But then um, I have to wonder, would the spinning wheel not count as an extra item then? Right, I know. That's a good question because they don't count it. Yeah, no, they're just like, well, good job, Brandon, because they think it was all him. Like that was his trick all along, but like. Uh, hello, you just marked them down for using an extra item. Why aren't you marking them down? Right. But, oh, well. Yeah, they no don't time care. for that. It's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. So, they then, move on, I guess. Yeah, because basically, like, Allison tries to get Danny to explain what happened there. He's not really telling her. Then he, like, goes into this behind this curtain in the in the building and she follows him and they're suddenly in like a mirror maze yeah which is bizarre yeah it was really really weird anyway um that night um allison and her cameraman are investigating the stage because they're wondering if maybe there was a trap door on the stage that brandon used and not so as to like explain why that happened. Cause you know, Danny still won't tell them anything. And while they're investigating the stage that night, they also bump into Hunter and Brandon. Cause they're also looking for a trap door. Cause they're like, there's no way that trick should have worked without a trap door. 
And they bump into each other. And I think they both agree to just like, we'll keep quiet if you keep quiet. Right. Which is so, strange, but okay. Yeah. So they walk off. But as they're walking off, that's when we see... Um, I'm gonna. That's when we see Paul ominously watching from the, the second story. He's like, the children are starting to suspect things. Yeah. Which, like, but uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. Now it's time for competition number two. And Kate, what begins this competition? Um. The what? What did begin this competition? That's a. Um. I'm blanking. I'm sorry. Well, let's see here, Kate. Think Ollivanders. Oh, it's the wands. They're given the wands with the name of the famous magi- magician. Duh. Um, yes. Sorry, y'all. I it's it's like ten o'clock as we're recording. My brain is dead. Um, but no, yes, okay. it, they are given these wands with the name of a famous magician, and then they're told you need to figure out one of the most famous tricks from this magician and then do it. Yeah. So the girl gets. I think his name was Alexander Grammel or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and then Brandon got Henry Blackstone. And then, of course, Danny gets Harry Houdini. Yeah. So, um, of course, I'm out here thinking, oh, no, that he's going to do some elaborate escape thingy and it's not going to go well. But that's not what happens. No. So while Brandon and the other magician are researching and looking into tricks of their magician, Allison finds Danny in this Beauty and the Beast looking library. Yeah. Which. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's a beautiful library. And of course, she thinks he's in there studying up on Houdini. And he's like, no, 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 I got that figured out already. I'm looking for something else because they say that this place is full of secrets and hidden rooms. And I want to find one. Yeah, which. What? But like, okay, so they do like they go on this quest thing. around. Yeah, because they. They they discover the puzzle because on some of the sides of the books, there's what seems to be symbols. And when they put the symbols together, it becomes like the snake symbol. And they Why? have to. F- I'm sorry. Why did I just think like Taylor Swift reputation tour as they were putting it together with the snake? <laughs> like that, it, the snake. Like, it really gave me some reputation era vibes. It was like gold painted on the, the bindings of these books. Very reputation Taylor Swift. Anyway. Anyway, but yes, they discovered that they need to go to where they can find the snake symbol in the building, and that should be the hidden room. And after some walking around in the basement, they find it. And of course, they bring the cameraman with them because of like, you want to get the secret room on tape, obviously. Right. And they find it and they open it and it leads to this little like vault full of like really old books. Also, there's open flame candles and I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, probably not. But, you know, it it helps with the aesthetic, the vibe. The vibe, because they discover what uh, Danny um, concludes to be the Milo's secret room full of all his best tricks and knowledge. 
But before they can really get into it, the cameraman finds this weird object and goes, hey, what's this do? And they're just like literally teleported out of the room. Yeah. Which. Again, very strange, but it goes with the magic vibe, I I guess. Yeah. So they get teleported back to the regular library and apparently just in time because the second competition is starting like right now. So Danny has to go up there and figure it out. Yeah, because um, the first magician, um, I believe she does, is she makes, oh, she pulls rabbits out of her hat because that was apparently her magician was the one who first pulled rabbits out of his hat. Oh, yeah, that was so cute. But they, she, her big rabbit got stuck for just a little, just like a half a second. So she got a six, but I think she deserved better. Yes. And then we have Brandon who makes a light bulb levitate, which, okay. (laughs) I know. I thought the rabbits were more impressive than that, but whatever. Yeah, but he gets a score in the first edition. And now it's time for Danny. And Danny immediately, like, um, calms your nerves because he says, now obviously Houdini's known for his famous escapes, but uh, I'm not doing that. Instead, he's going to try to make an elephant disappear, but not really an elephant. No, the elephant is Hunter and Brandon in an elephant costume. Yes, but they don't exactly uh, disappear. What happens, Jake? What happens is Danny tries to do his trick. He puts up a curtain and before he can finish it, he pulls it away and all of a sudden... Hunter and Brandon are riding a mechanical bull. Yes. Do you remember in middle school? I'm not going to say the name of what they were called because it might be too much identifying information. But in middle school, we had those party things and there was a mechanical bull at them. Do you remember that? I do. I'm pretty sure I I wrote it once. (laughs) I definitely wrote it. And I definitely only stayed on for like maybe three seconds. Um, I do. Oh, go on. As I was gonna say, I just didn't expect it to get so crazy so quickly. I know, especially for middle schoolers. Like, dang. Like, they were just throwing us into that little inflatable pool. <laughs> yeah, they really, they wanted to crank out the line. They were like, next, next. I remember I always got a little nervous before I went on it. And then I think I, I could, this literally could be my memory making things up. But I swear that one of my friends actually got hurt on it once. Like they sprained something or something like that. Like nothing super major, but yeah, it was uh dang. That was the time. Anyway, seeing this scene, it just brought me back to that time in my life because I think that's the only time I've ridden a mechanical bull was at these school parties in middle school. Well, it's so. like, I'm pretty sure the only other place you can find a mechanical bull is like actual bars. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, do we go to those? Not very often. (laughs) No. Uh, But anyway, because of this, um, Hunter and Brandon basically accused Danny of having actual magic powers? Yeah. And then Danny just, like, fesses up. He's like, yeah, I can't explain any of this. Yeah, basically, this is where we get kind of a little bit of Danny's backstory. And it's like, he's apparently always... Well, not always, but like for the last couple of years, he's had what he describes as real magical abilities, but he like has a hard time controlling them. And when this is revealed, 
um, Max decides that we're going to put these powers to the test because apparently he's the president of like the board of skeptics or something. And so um, after this, uh, Allie runs, Allison, sorry, runs out um, after, after uh, Danny and is like, so you like lied to me and is all like upset at him. But this is when he gets, he gives her his full backstory. He's like, no, but like ever since I like turned 13 or something, I've had these strange powers that I can't understand. Like I made a skateboard. I wanted appear in my hands. I actually like made my school bully disappear. It's like, I've just like, I have these powers. They make me different. I'm like, dude, just go to Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, you know, actually I was thinking, did they make this riff off the success of, Warner Brothers and Harry Potter. Because I got that vibe, not going to lie. Like, obviously, it's really different, but I felt like they were kind of trying to... uh, Going off of that success a little bit, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, maybe because it's about magic. It's about... um, It's about magic. It's got these secret rooms. The the building kind of does have Hogwarts vibes. Well... Probably because apparently in 2005, Goblet of Fire came out, so there'd already been three movies. So, like, Disney was like, kids like magic. Let's get in on that. Yeah, it, it just felt like peak Harry Potter era. Which also just reminds me if you guys don't know, at one point, Disney was in talks to get the theme park rights to Harry Potter, but rumor has it that they just were not giving what, um, you all know her name was wanted. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had a moment yeah, of like, they, I'm they, tired. They, but... Yeah. They weren't, they weren't given what she wanted. So the rumor is like the day she had her last meeting with Disney where they basically screwed it up for themselves. Um, She apparently like that same day went all over to universal and they're like, we'll do whatever you want us to, to do. And that's Yeah how it happened but uh, yeah yeah yeah. anyway anywho yeah yeah, i wouldn't be shocked if disney made this to like try and get some of that uh audience because they're like magic but yeah he explains that danny just explains that you know ever since i got these powers i felt so alone and afraid and and different and she's like well maybe this board can help you control these powers you just got to go up and face them he's like you're right Maybe these will have the answers I seek. So he goes up to face the board. And he ends up levitating. But then Max is like, no, you're just using this fancy levitating chair. And Danny's like, I've never seen this chair before in my life. And yeah, he no, gets this is really just, upset. Yeah, this is when Max just starts actively gaslighting. Yeah. And then, okay, not- this is when Danny goes out of the room, and I think this is actually where where uh, um, Allison is really mad at him. She's like, what the heck? Right, I mean, like, they kind of just, they fight several times in this movie, so it's fine if you got, like, they blur yeah, together. Yeah, they really do. Because, again, there's some toxicity in these all these relationships, but whatever. Yeah, but yeah, basically, man, you can be really going that you thought you were actually magic. You've just been trying to reach out for attention this whole time. She goes, well, at least that makes for good television. And then she runs off. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I said, this is how you can tell it's the third act because they're fighting now. Yeah. We're, we've, we've made it to the fight scenes. Yeah. So now um, Allison explains to us that from this time, moment on, mine and Danny's relationship was strictly professional. I wasn't even going to try and be his friend anymore because he did nothing but lie to me. Yeah. And then, um, but she does some digging on her own. Yes. She reviews her tapes, which I'm like, shouldn't you have done that like a while ago? And right. And her cameraman watch the tape that he got from when they went to his house for the audition. And they realize that literally doves appeared out of thin air when that happened, when they opened the door, there wasn't any there to begin with. So that's when Allison goes, Oh, he's telling the truth. Yeah. So in the meantime, there's some sketchy stuff happening with Max. Yes, because Allison's trying to find Danny to apologize and be like, no, you're right. You are. We're, you're a wizard, Danny. But um, she comes you're across, wizard, Danny. literally, but she comes across a conversation between Max and Danny and like, I guess, Max's private office or something. But like, she's able to like stand on a chair and like get her camera in through a grate to film it. And Kate, what do we learn about Max? that he too is a warlock or whatever they call it in this movie. And he believed, yeah, wizard. Yeah. Whatever they call it. And so um, he's like, yeah, I believe you. I was just covering up for you because I don't think people should know about this. Yada, yada. Like, this is the best thing for you. I can be your mentor. All this stuff. Yeah, basically he's like, okay, so I believe you that you're a real, you're a real wizard because I am also a real wizard and you should stick with me because I will teach you how to hone and control your powers that you were so afraid of. And here, let me show you. And then they make like these two like night knights Little fight knights, each other, yeah. which I'm like, is this magic or telepathy at this point? Yeah, but really, but you know, whatever, we'll, we'll roll with it for the sake of the sake of the movie yes so then max gives danny a ring and he's like you need to wear this ring like it'll keep your powers in check until after the competition when i can start training you and he's like oh this is amazing thank you so much and danny leaves um but apparently he leaves through an exit where he doesn't see allison because when after he leaves um i don't I'm not going to remember his name off the top of my head. Paul arrives and Paul is revealed to be Max's evil little minion because we learn that the ring does not control your powers. It suppresses them. And so, uh, of course, Allison is like appalled by all of this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I got video evidence. I have to show it to someone. Yeah, because she realizes that what Max plans to do is to use the ring to suppress and also steal Danny's powers. But he's like, he has the ability to be strong, the potential to be stronger than even me. And we can't have that now. So I'm going to steal his powers. Yes. So, um, she goes to tell, Oh God, what is, what is her name? She goes to tell. Oh, the, the, yeah. 
like the, the the woman from the meeting. But actually, I think first she tries to talk to Danny directly. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. She does talk to him first. But like, Danny's not having it. Danny's like, well, if you heard, then you know how, like, how good this is for me. Right, he's like, I finally feel normal. I'm finally making friends. I don't feel different. And I'm like, oh, God. It's like, because he's know, like, like, he's gone from being annoying in one way to annoying in another way where he's just not listening to her at all now. Yep. But I'm also like, why would you like go into the middle of public in the middle of a group and try and tell them this stuff? Like, girl, private conversations. There's people listening. Seriously, though. But alas, she doesn't think so. Yeah, that's when she goes, well, I'll show you my proof. And that's when she goes to like the woman in charge and is like, because she's by all the uh TV. It's just like, I'll show you. She's like, I'll prove it that both Danny and Max are real wizards and that Max is something nefarious planned for Danny. But of course, before she can put her tape in, Max just happens to come around and get his little, little hands on it. Yeah. And so she puts it into the um, tape thing and Max walks in. He's like, yeah, let's see it. But it just like blurs out at the point that she needs it to play. Yeah, so now Max continues to gaslight her and be like, I think you're just overworked. I think you need to go home. Yeah, and they literally send her home. Which I'm like, where was this energy when other people were accusing uh, Danny of having real powers? Yeah, exactly. But alas, king of gaslighting over here. So... Literally, and Danny doesn't st- stand up for her at all. He just lets this happen. Yeah, he's like, I'm just a normal guy who's really good at tricks. Like, okay, Danny, shut up. Yeah, it's like, and like she rightfully gets upset at him. She's like, I'm literally trying to help you. And I was the only person who wanted to be your friend before all of this. So, like, good job. Your latest trick, getting your only friend to disappear. And so she does take off for a hot second, but not very long. No, because she remembers she overheard that um, Max actually got rid of DeMilo using that ring. So she's like, I need to look into this. So she goes to like this library cafe. I'm not sure. This just random building. So she can do some research on DeMilo. And she learns that DeMilo died when a trick that he'd done perfectly for years malfunctioned. And apparently a heavy object came in and crushed his skull. Yeah. And that, but at the same time he has an open casket and like his head looked pretty intact to me. Yeah, the, the the whoever repaired it for the open casket, they did a dang good job. Literally. But Kate, what else does she notice about um, DeMilo when looking at his open casket? So the reason that the open casket is important is because someone snaps a photo of him in the casket. Um, and he's wearing the ring. The ring. So this is when Allison truly puts it together that Max is going to try and do the same thing to Danny. Now that he has the ring on, he's going to make it so that a trick he does will go wrong. And I assume kill him so that he can steal his power. So, like, we have an actual attempted murderer in this movie. 
Well, an actual yes. murderer, because he did murder Demilo. Yes. And so she heads back, and they're about to go on stage for the finale, and the parents are there, um, or at least Danny's parents are, and it's all, like, great or whatever. And then she confronts Danny, and Danny's like, uh, yeah, absolutely, I'm not taking off this ring. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, Danny, please. And he's like, no. So he goes out and he's like, well, first off, the first two people perform, but they're not that important. So he goes out and he try- his trick is to try to lift a 1,000 pound weight, which I'm like, that would be the easiest thing to fake, but whatever. And he does it. And everybody in the audience is like, whoa. And then he makes it levitate. But then what happens, Jake? Well, I want to say firstly, I we forgot to mention this, but um, it's it's um been it's stated that whoever wears the ring can't take it off themselves. So Allison tries to convince Danny to try and take the ring off, but he's like, "No, I'm not going to. I don't. I don't need you." And she's like, "Dude, you're literally like your life is in danger." Also, um, Hunter notices that Allison is back, and he's like alert security he's like uh she's not supposed to be here so now she's like oh boy so yeah while danny's trick is going on i believe she gets into this cabinet that gets eventually wheeled out for danny while max arrives on stage to be like oh yes very good trick danny hopefully nothing goes wrong with that and then as um he's about to do his his signature move and make the weight fall right on him Danny hears Allison's voice say to look out. So she mo- he moves out of the way just in time to not get crushed. And this does not make Max very happy. Well, like, obviously he has to feign happiness because the cameras are rolling. But like, don't get the don't get it ro- wrong, everyone. He's actively trying to murder a child while cameras are rolling. Yes. And so uh, now Danny's like, oh, shoot, I got to get this ring off. But it ain't coming off. No, but luckily the cameraman rolls out the cabinet that Allison's in. And he's like, a delivery for Danny. And he's like, oh, yes, my next trick. This is great. And but then Max goes over to the box because it's like, oh, the good old swords through the box thing, huh? And he literally starts pushing these swords in the box that Allison is currently in. Yeah, he's like, I do not care how many children I murder today. It's (laughs) fine. What? What's that meme from Monsters, Inc.? The president's like, I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Same kind of attitude. We're, yeah. Literally. So he puts this to the last sword in, and we hear Allison scream, and Danny's like, Allison, no! He opens the cabinet, but there's nobody in there. She's not there. So then he yeah. closes it again. And pulls the swords out and reopens it. And now she's reappeared. And she's also in a magician's assistant costume. Don't know how she did that. Yeah. But but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move past it. It's it's fine. It's fine. Because um, what happens is as they're making their way back up to the front of the stage, um, she gets the ring off of Danny's hand. And that's when Max turns around. And he goes like, what have you done? And now it's time for basically a wizard duel. And so, yeah, they duel it out. Yeah, Max, like, makes Danny levitate in the air for a while. And then Allison's like, Danny, you have to use the ring. 
So why maybe does the mat? Oh, sorry. Why did this somewhat remind me, just very, very vaguely, of Poseidon's Fury at <gasps> Universal? Oh, it kind of does. I didn't think that. I was just thinking like wizard duels and Harry Potter, but yeah, I kind of got some Poseidon Fury vibes. Well, it's not like yeah, it's just anyways, just the vibe. But I, we'll we'll continue. Yeah. So. Danny tells Max, now it's your turn. And he like literally rockets himself towards Max. And then there's a puff of smoke and Danny reappears from the smoke, but Max is gone. But anyway, um, the audience is like, none the wiser. They think they just saw a really cool magic show. They don't realize that they just almost witnessed murder. Right. Yeah. So everyone applauds. It's great. It's awesome. And then we cut back to Allison in her room and she goes, yeah, well, this never made it to air. Because by the time we got back to the studio, all the tapes had mysteriously been wiped. So she's like, her conclusion is that Max must have had um, his assistant pulled the ring off of him. So now she says, um, after that, Danny went into hiding because he knows that Max is still out there and one day he'll come for him. And I'm like, did they try and set up a sequel for this movie? Yeah, really? Uh, Yeah, possibly. But yeah, it didn't go that far. No, but she goes, but that's um, for the moment. We thought all the tapes had mysteriously been destroyed. That is until these came to me magically one day. Cause she, and she's all like, I know who sent them, but even I don't know where Danny is now. And then like her bowl of popcorn levitates over. She goes, or maybe I do. And then she gets teleported to wherever Danny is. And they're like, how'd you do that? And he's like magic. And then they have a good laugh and the movie ends. Yeah, very strange ending, but alas. Um, I will say, though, I'm pretty sure that they did not end as a couple, so, like, yay? It's kind of hard to tell, but we'll take it for a Disney film. Yeah, Um, because, like, they never straight, they never mentioned if they're dating or not at the end, so, like, it's ambiguous, and I'll take that. Yes, exactly. All right, Jake, so what are your final thoughts on this movie? My final thoughts is now that we've discussed it. Yeah. I really think this was made to try and get some of that Harry Potter hype for Disney channel. Like, you know, wizards, magic, wizard duels, mysterious rooms. It's just like, it kind of just screams like Harry Potter is really big right now. Let's get some of that. Um, that being said, um, I still I still enjoyed it for the most part. Like you said, the framing device is probably not the strongest they could have picked, especially because it's like one of those movies where it's like it starts at the end and like the whole movie is just a story being told to you, which is not always the best. So I'll probably dock a point for that. Um, normally, I'd probably say this is like uh, I'd honestly give this like a seven point five, but because of that really weird framing device, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it down to like. Uh, I'll say like a 6.75, honestly. That is fair. Uh, yeah, I had very, very similar thoughts on this one. Um, I enjoyed it overall. Like, it wasn't like a film where I watched it and I was like, wow, this is not great, which honestly does sometimes happen with the decoms. I'm not going to lie. Um, but this ain't no can of worms. Um, even though somehow Can of Worms was not rated last when we did ratings, which was, I don't know what happened there, but alas, um, and, and no hate to the people that worked on Can of Worms, by the way, very creative idea, just 
didn't didn't translate the way that I wanted it to, you know, you feel me? Anyway, um, so just with that disclaimer in there, I always think that all the people in these are so talented and need to be acknowledged as such. Uh, that said, this film was good, didn't like the framing, didn't like the beginning, um, didn't really like the end, but I did like the middle. For that reason, I'm actually not going to be the one giving decimals today, and I'm just going to give her a straight-up seven. Okay, 6.75 and 7. Well, all right then, Kate, now that we've wrapped up Now You See It, are you ready to learn what our next decom is? I am ready. Um, so, yeah, join us next episode when we'll be talking the Disney Channel original movie Buffalo Dreams. I've never heard of this movie before, so... I, li- I literally haven't either. It's... I feel like that's interesting because, like I said, 2005, I feel like we, we at least heard all of all of these, but I, I don't know what this is. So I guess we'll fi- we'll find out next episode. We're going to find out. Yes, but all right, Kate. Now that we've reached the end of this episode, where can our lovely listeners find you on social media? You can find me at uh, KV Random on the Instagram um and because we're not promoting twitter currently i'm also going to throw my modeling account out there which is um kate victoria model give me a follow yes, how about you she's Jay? got i'll say she's got some new photos from fashion week up people it's very exciting i know it, it, it is although i'm currently waiting for the last little bit of content to trickle in so um i should be getting my professional video i don't know if i'll post them or not but i should be getting my professional videos from a show like really, really soon. So I'm excited for that. Anyway. Anyway, you can find me on Instagram at Jake Blue Art. I have some really exciting things I plan on posting um, over these last two uh, months of school. So be excited for that. And obviously, once I'm uh, done, I'll probably have a lot more time to just post and ma- we'll make and post some more personal art while I, you know, work look for professional work. But yeah, so follow me there. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Something New Pod. Um, we also have an email if you ever want to use that. That's our something new podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you're listening to this on a- Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review. And if you do that, we'll read it live on the show. And lastly, this podcast is distributed on Anchor. And Anchor is a podcasting app that allows you to record and distribute podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. And if you're on Anchor, you can actually leave us a voice message. And if you ever feel like doing that, we'll listen to it live on the show. But all right, I think that's going to do it for us this episode. Uh, Thanks for bearing with us through um, all of February after that last episode where we went radio silent. Sorry about that. Um, This will be out 6th of March, and we will definitely have another episode ready for you guys in the second half of March as well. And we will see you all then. Bye. Bye.